Welcome to Ear Crush, the Friday podcast for the people who love listening to great stories. My co-host this week is Natalie Gray, the co-author with Michael Anderley of today's story, and it will be the story for the next few weeks, Bellatrex. Natalie, welcome to Ear Crush. Thank you. And listeners out there, if you are fans of LMBPN, probably know who you are. But for people who don't know, can you just give like a really quick background on yourself? Yeah, I started with Bellatrix and went on to Trials and Tribulations, which is Jennifer and Stephen's series uh, set between, I believe, books 12 and 13 in the original series. And I'm now doing the Vigilante Chronicles, which is Barnabas's series. Woohoo! And we will talk about that more a little a little bit more next week. Uh, Trials and Tribulations just wrapped up, right? That was there was sort of a long delay and kind of a funny story. The long delay between book two and book three, but it wasn't your fault because you had written book three <laughs> and somehow it went missing. <laughs> Into the ether. And people were so patient. They would send these very polite messages saying, Oh, I was just wondering. And you know, I, I really hope I'm so enjoying this. I really hope we'll see more. Like, yes, I hope so too. <laughs> Did you we even know that it hadn't been published? Yes. Okay. Yes, we had been in contact. We were looking for it for a while because we <laughs> we had lost it. And we're like, well, I mean, is it this at the point where we actually write a whole new book? <laughs> but that was just too depressing for words. So we're trying to find it. <laughs> and we did. And we got it out. <laughs> and the third book in that series came out this week. I think it's – well, what was the title of the third book? That was To Helen Back. Yeah, that's out now, which is wonderful. And then we have Barnabas Ford just Barnabas, which is which is going strong. And we'll talk about that the next time you're here as as a co-host, which I think will be episode three in this series. Uh, let's talk about Bellatrex for a minute. And this was your first LMBPN book, right? Yes. So Michael was introducing me to the whole world. I'd gone through and read things. and we were I can't even imagine being introduced to the world and going, okay, now write a book that takes place between this book and that book. <laughs> well, it's wonderful, actually, because when you're, when you're reading other books, there's so much – you can come up with a book just completely out of whole cloth. But there's also something so amazing about reading books because you're always thinking – oh, this would be a really cool area to explore in this universe. And then you get the chance to do that, mm -hmm. actually do that. And so that is very fun. And I, we were talking before we started recording. I remember where I was when I first started reading Bellatrex and the, the opening of the book just caught me. So I, I remember where I was, why, why I was reading it there. I was at a store waiting for my wife who was shopping and I started reading and getting, really getting into the story. And it's, my wife came back and I'm like, oh, can you go shop some more? I want, want to keep <laughs> reading this right now. <laughs> So give us a little lead in and lead us into the story, and then Emily will take over from here. All right. So Bellatrix centers on the relationship between Bellatrix and Yelena. And Yelena— And for people who aren't familiar with the canon— <laughs> Okay. So Bellatrix is Asher's mate. She is a uh, German shepherd, and, you know, he's all black, she's all white, so they've they've got that— that coloring, they're both a little bit different in that. And they both have these extremely strong personalities, uh, which in the book you can see Bellatrix has had ever since she was a puppy. <laughs> and she and Yelena 
find each other. Yelena has a heritage that means she is not a shifter, but she has this relationship. She can commune with animals in a certain way. She's able to be attuned to what they're thinking, really. And she knows better than to tell anyone about this because she worries that they'll think she's crazy, which, of course, none of Bethany and his people are going to think because they know how real that is. (laughs) Um, But she and Bellatrix find each other at a time when both of them really need someone else to fight for because that will make them stronger. And so we wind up, we've got this great beginning, and then the story kind of takes off, and, and Bethany Ann shows up, and there's just, you know, the, the <laughs> typical adventures that, that you expect in these books. And so that's it. With, with that as intro, here is Emily Beresford with Bellatrex. Alec Nikolov lifted the latch and pushed open the door into his parents' kitchen. At almost six feet tall, he had to stoop to get in the older, shorter doorway. The first few flakes of an early snowstorm clung to his black hair. Hello, Mama. He went to where his mother, far shorter than he was and now gray-haired, was kneading bread with the sort of intensity that masked worry. She always baked when she was worried. He kissed her on the cheek. Why did you need me here in the middle of the day? She gave him the answer she often gave. It's your sister. Alec walked to the kitchen table and slumped down in a chair with a groan. Mama, every week you tell me to get Yelena to quit her job and move home. He decided this time he was going to go to the wall with his mom. She needed to finally accept the truth. He continued, Mom, she clearly doesn't want to come back. She's a grown woman. She gets to... She came home, was his mom's curt response, hands strangling the dough. Alec's mouth dropped open. What? When? This morning, his mother licked her lips. Her shoulders were hunched. She took an overnight train. Alec felt a prickle on the back of his neck. And? What aren't you telling me? His mother finally gave up on her kneading. She sighed and wiped a flowery hand across her forehead and paused to pick her words. She was a woman who could argue with her children for hours, almost without drawing breath. But now she didn't seem to know what to say. She'd been crying, she said finally. She looked older suddenly. But she wouldn't talk about it. She said everything was fine, but she was still in her work clothes and she didn't bring a suitcase. It looked like she just walked out of the house without even a coat and bought a train ticket. Alec knew just what his mother was suggesting, but he had one question. Mama? He tried to smile. You've wanted her to break up with Chiprian for months and come home. Why don't you look happy? His mother went back to kneading, with more force than was necessary once again. She had complained nonstop since Yelena had taken a job a few hours away. His mother hadn't liked the job. She hadn't liked Chiprian, Yelena's boyfriend. She called Alec every few days to plead with him to get Yelena to return home. Now, though, she didn't seem to be celebrating. She was sad. She looked over at him finally. I didn't want her to be unhappy, she said finally. I never wanted that. Then she whispered her greatest concern. And she's broken, Alec. Alec sat, frozen. He and Yelena were twins. When they were children, they always knew when the other one was upset. 
That had faded over the years, especially when they began to live further apart. Alec had woken up the previous night from a sad dream he couldn't remember and sat at his own kitchen table late into the night. He was feeling like his heart was broken and not knowing why. Now he wondered if it had really been him who had been sad, or Yelena. What had happened? He pushed himself up without a word and went down the low-ceilinged hallway to his sister's bedroom, all the way at the back of the house. He half expected to hear music. When she was a teenager, Yelena would play music far too loudly and dance all evening until someone pounded on the door and told her to stop. Now, nothing. He raised his hand to knock on the door and then thought better of it and just pushed the door open. His sister was sitting on her bed, staring at nothing. She looked terrible. Her black hair was nicely styled, her skirt suit was tailored, but she was too thin, and she appeared so exhausted that her eyes looked bruised. Her makeup had long since worn away, but he could still see the shadow where her mascara had run, and she hadn't washed it off properly. Her fingers kept working over one another, twisting. She looked over at him dully, her eyes lifeless. Hi. Alec tried to conceal his shock behind a smile. Mama said you were home. She smiled back, the sort of emotionless smile she would give in the law office where she worked. She opened her mouth to say something witty, to tease him. He knew she was planning to come up with some story so she wouldn't have to tell him the truth. Elena never wanted to tell anyone when she was hurting. Their parents had always used Alec's sense of her to figure out when something was wrong. And even then she would lie. She couldn't pretend this time, though. She crumpled. Her shoulders hunched and tears began to run down her cheeks. When Alec came to sit by her on the bed, she leaned her head on his shoulder and he wrapped his arm around his beloved sister and held her close. It's going to be okay. He didn't know what else to say. No, it's not. She gave a choking sob. It's not going to be okay. Work is terrible and getting worse. And I caught Ciprian with, she tried to steady herself, with our downstairs neighbor, again. I didn't even grab anything, I just left. I wanted to beat him into the floor with my bare hands and I knew I shouldn't do that. She gave a watery laugh. At least there was a spark of the feisty sister he remembered. Alec gave a grateful smile and squeezed her shoulder. I don't know. I probably would have. Her laugh turned into a sob. Alec, I didn't know where else to go. He said he would never see her again, but he... Her voice trailed away. God, how could I have been so stupid? I was proud of myself for getting him when everyone else wanted him, and he was just a jerk the whole time once we were together. Alec felt a hot wave of anger course through him. His sister had been a fighter at one time, once, she would never have allowed a guy to walk all over her, but she'd fallen hard for Ciprian. Alec understood why their mother hated the man. He was arrogant, cold, and he clearly didn't care about Yelena at all. But Yelena had refused to hear a word against him. He let Yelena cry, her tears soaking his shirt. He didn't know what else to do. The feeling of helplessness only made him angrier. After a while, the sobs stopped, and he tried to think of something to say. Something that wasn't promising to kill Ciprian. You could stay here for a while, he suggested. She picked her head up. What? 
I mean, you've got your room here. You could stay for a couple of weeks until you find a new job. I have to go back. He saw the words come to her mind, but to his shock, she didn't say them. She stared at him for a moment, and she looked terrified. Then she nodded. I'd like that, she whispered. Her eyes filled with tears again. I don't want to go back. I hate my job. I've hated it for months, but I didn't want to say because I knew Mom would tell me to come back. She sighed. Oh, have I mentioned I hate my job? It was a mistake moving there. I don't want to go back. Then you don't have to, he promised her. He brushed her hair behind her ears. Hey, you remember Dimitri? Yelena sniffed and wiped at her eyes. She nodded. Yeah, why? When the two of them were younger, they had spent whole holidays at Dimitri's kennel, learning how to train the dogs and playing with the puppies. Dimitri had been 40 or so then. His public demeanor was gruff, but he'd been kind to the two children. Well, Inger, one of the bitches now, just had another litter. I bet he'd let you help out at the kennel if you wanted. Yelena shook her head, dispirited. I'd just get in his way. When we were kids, it was fine. But now I would be imposing. No, you always had a way with dogs, remember? Alec nudged her. You really did. I bet he'd ask you to help if he knew you were back. Elena smiled back, chin trembling. The thought of staying here was crazy. She had a job back home. All of her things were in the apartment she shared with Ciprian. She couldn't really stay here, could she? Maybe just for a couple of days. She could call in sick to work. She smiled recklessly back at her twin. Okay, I'll stay. Probably just for the weekend. Alec knew better than to push her. Uh-huh. You get some sleep, okay? I'll take you to see the puppies tonight. Elena hunched her shoulders against the winter wind outside the kennel. She was wearing some of Alec's old pants and a heavy down vest, warm enough for early winter, but her fingers were going numb holding the phone. Ciprian, just come home, Elena. He sounded desperate. I messed up, baby. I don't know what I was thinking. What you were thinking again, you mean? She retorted. When she walked in on him with their neighbor, she remembered that she had only felt tired and numb. Now she could feel herself starting to get angry. You said you'd never even talk to her again. How did this happen? Yelena. You know what? She snapped. I don't even want to know. I have to go. Yelena. It sounded like he was crying. Yelena, please. I have to go, she repeated. But she was shaken. Ciprian never cried. He would yell and be cold with her, but he never cried. She could hear him sob. Yelena, I'd give anything to have you back. Her voice went cold. How can I believe that when you couldn't stay away from her? You've been a jerk for months, Jibrian. You don't deserve to have me around. It's different now. He sounded panicked, like a prize was getting away. When I realized you were gone, I went crazy. I've never been that afraid. He paused, just a second, just enough time to feel honest. Tell me I haven't lost you, baby. You haven't? Of course I'll come back. Yelena bit her lip. She knew she shouldn't say those words, but she had been weak when it came to him. Ciprian was the one guy wanted by every other woman she knew, and she'd won him. Unfortunately, 
The satisfaction of winning him had blinded her to how much of a jerk he really was. Please, his voice cracked again, and then desperately, at least think about coming home, Yelena, please. It's not just us, it's your job, it's everything. I hate my job, she spat out. You've been having a hard time. That doesn't mean you shouldn't walk away from everything. You have friends there. We have a life together. You can't just throw it all away. If you... Fine. God for damned. She'd give anything to make him stop talking. He echoed everything she'd been thinking last night. This was crazy. People didn't just quit their job and move back to the town where they grew up. She was being a baby, and she knew it. She looked down at the ground. She didn't want to go back to it all, but Chiprian had a point. Didn't he? She might not stop herself from saying something, but damned if she would totally capitulate to that ass. Fine, I'll think about it. She hung the phone up before she could say anything else. Putting the phone back in her pocket, she stamped her feet to warm herself up. She should go back in, but needed a moment or two to think. She looked around at the trees, admitting to herself she didn't have the first idea what to do. Alec would be disappointed if he knew she'd even said she'd think about going back to Chiprian. But they had been together for two years. And in the beginning, she had been happy. Hadn't she? How could she just turn around and walk away? Oh, God. Relationships suck, and monumental relationships sucked worse. Alec poked his head out the back door of the kennel. You done with your call? Yeah. Yelena nodded and headed in. Who were you talking to? She heard the worry in his voice. She tried to give herself an easy out. Work? He wasn't fooled. It was Chiprian, wasn't it? Alec, let it be, please. She pushed past him, annoyed with herself. I don't want to talk about it, okay? Luckily for her, he didn't get a chance to answer. Hey there, Dimitri called to them from across the room. The big, barrel-chested man came to enfold Yelena in a hug. Yelena, good to have you back. He wrapped an arm around her shoulders and pulled her across the room. She could hear the yipping of dogs beyond. So, how long are you staying? His eyes full of joy. I don't know, she admitted. She smiled up at him. Once, he had seemed impossibly tall to her. She'd teased him about the salt and pepper in his hair. Now it was all gray, and she was almost as tall as he was. So I hear there's a new litter? Right here. He held a door open for her and led her over to a large enclosure. Several black balls of fluff tumbled over one another, yipping, while Inger, a massive German shepherd, reclined in the corner. She looked immensely pleased with herself. Oh, look at them. Yelena smiled as she reached down to brush her hands over one of the puppies. It tipped over, barked, then righted itself with a shake of its fur. At this stage, the puppies looked like little bear cubs. She patted one on the head and laughed as another toddled toward her. This one, she's so tiny. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. Dimitri rubbed his hand through his hair and shrugged. She's the runt, and make no mistake about it. I don't think anyone's going to take her. But she's so fierce. Yelena laughed as the puppy struggled for freedom in her arms, giving a growl that was not as intimidating as the puppy hoped. There, there, little one, you're safe. <laughs> you're safe. She sat down and let the puppy roam about on her lap. In this moment, she was perfectly content. 
She watched as the puppy asserted itself, trying to sit proudly and puff out its chest. Look at her, Dimitri. Yelena looked up at the older man, then back down at the little puppy. She's perfect. Dimitri squatted down next to her. He looked dubious as he scratched his chin. You have a name for her? Hmm. Yelena picked the puppy up and put it right in front of her face. It opened its jaws to try to bark at her and got caught in a yawn. She laughed and put it down, and the little black puppy snuggled against her. Yelena smiled as an image formed in her head. In it, the puppy was the size of a small pony, and its fierce growl had the other puppies cringing and rolling onto their backs. Yelena's smile slowly faded as she noticed more details of the image. Things like it being a little out of focus, and the whole scene lacked good three-dimensional detail, looking flat. One last thing started her frowning. She had no control over the image. She could not change the details to better reflect reality. The image faded as the little puppy's legs started twitching, and she fell asleep. Yelena? Alec shook her shoulder gently. Hmm? What? Alec pointed at the puppy in her lap. Dimitri asked if you had a name for this one. Oh. Yelena looked away from the puppy, thinking of the little scene she had in her mind. Hmm. Bellatrix? Bellatrix? Dimitri raised an eyebrow. Big name for a little pup. Yelena looked at the little puppy, all snuggled in her lap. It means Lady Warrior and Bringer of Light. <laughs> That's an even bigger name, Alec laughed. But he reached out to stroke the puppy's head, and Yelena felt contentment radiating from the little ball of fur. I like it, though, Yelena told him. She looked over as Dimitri scooped the puppy off her lap, annoyed. Hey, I wasn't done cuddling. Dimitri shrugged. Well, you'll have to come back tomorrow and help me train them then, won't you? He grinned. Your brother told me you might like to. I'd be glad to have you. Never met anyone who can communicate with the dogs the way you can. Yelena wavered. I really should go back to my job. Just stay a week, Alex suggested. Say mama's sick or something. They'll let you take off work. Yelena wavered, but Bellatrix's pitiful mule caught her heartstrings and jerked them hard. She smiled and reached out to tickle the puppy's stomach. Okay, one week. Then I go back to the real world, she promised herself. Because I like it here, Yelena's voice rang out. There was a chorus of yips from the other room, and she lowered her voice to a whisper. I'm happier than I've been since before I met you, Cyprian. It was true. The last week had been amazing. Every day, the puppies learned something new. Their mother had taken to escaping over a small partition to rest, and only a few of the puppies had figured out how to climb over it and follow her. To Yelena's pride, Bellatrix was one of them. The little puppy was still smaller than the rest, but she was absolutely determined that nothing would slow her down. She would nap in Yelena's arms for a few minutes after her exertions, and then Yelena would set her down so she could go back to playing, climbing, play fighting. She didn't follow her brothers and sisters anymore. She explored on her own, utterly fearless. Don't be ridiculous. She could practically see Ciprian rolling his eyes. What are you going to do? Work in a kennel for the rest of your life? Wear flannel? Date someone who works in a factory? He ridiculed her. I didn't say I was going to, Yelena started. 
you don't have a plan, he lectured her like she was a small child. You're just throwing a tantrum, Yelena. You want me to believe that you would actually stay somewhere there's no hope for a career? That you'd live in a little cabin? Is there anything in that town? Yelena pressed her lips together angrily. Cyprian couldn't imagine a life here. That much was clear. At one point, she had felt the same way he did. There was no place for a career here, no way for her to earn as much money as she could in the city. But she didn't miss any of it. Not the fancy restaurants, not the suits, nor the elegant apartment. She liked slipping into jeans and a warm shirt at the start of the day, pulling her hair back in a ponytail rather than taking an hour to blow dry it. She liked not having to wear makeup. And now that she wasn't watching women in thousand-dollar dresses throw themselves at Chiprian, she was beginning to realize he wasn't much of a catch either. She was wondering what the hell had made that fish not smell so bad earlier. Chiprian hadn't realized what she was thinking. You don't have to say anything. He sounded so smug that she wanted to punch him. Just don't hurt yourself because we had a little spat. You don't want me to move on and find someone else while you're gone, do you? A little spat? Her eyes drew together, her teeth clenched. That is not what happened. She was shaking in her anger. What happened is that we broke up, asshole. What? He laughed. He actually laughed at her. I said, because apparently we have a bad connection, is we broke up. She paused a moment to think about it, then added, No, really, I broke up with you. You cheated on me, Cyprian, again if you don't remember, and I left. Damn, this felt good. She smiled out at the view of the valley, leaning back in the chair. So don't call me anymore. I'm staying here. And you know what? Don't find anyone else. It's not about me wanting you. It's for their good. No one should have to put up with your shit. Goodbye. She hung up. She was shaking, breath coming fast. Had she actually just done that? Had she broken up with him? Every woman she knew was crazy about Cyprian, and she'd been the one who got him. She'd be crazy to give that up. She visualized what she always did when she made him angry, and he left the apartment in a huff. Him, going out to a club and a dozen women, prettier than she was, throwing themselves at him. But somehow, instead of making her sick with fear, the thought didn't hurt at all right now. For the first time in months, she felt happy. The idea of never talking to him again made her feel like she could fly. Hey, Dimitri's voice made her jump. He was at the door to the main room. You all right? I heard shouting. She started nodding her head. I'm all right. Elena could not stop smiling. I'm better than all right. Good, he smiled as well. I have an idea. How about you take Bellatrix home tonight? Elena's eyes opened. What? Really? Dimitri shrugged. Yeah, she's old enough. Eight weeks today, actually. I think it would be good for her to explore a new place. You know, I'll never be able to sell her as a guard dog. And it'd take a heart of stone to split you two up. He grinned wickedly. Just be careful she doesn't go on your rugs, okay? Elena got up from the chair, feeling too damn good to be sitting still. I will, Dimitri. My mama would flip out. She might flip out anyway, but Elena would be able to say, 
Well, she'd be able to say that she'd be getting her own place soon, because she was staying. She really could not stop smiling. All right, then. Dimitri held open the door to let her pass. Come get a crate and some blankets. Wow. We'll pick up the story from here in next week's episode. We've had another great week at LMBPN Publishing, uh, so let me give you a quick rundown of, of all the new stuff that's happened. On Monday, Hail to the King, book eight in the Unbelievable Mr. Brownstone series was released, and not surprisingly, four days later, it remains an Amazon bestseller. Tuesday brought Investigation, book two in the new Precious Galaxy series. That's a space opera action-adventure series from Saranofsky and Michael Anderley. On Wednesday, we published today's co-host, Natalie's new book, Paladin, which is book four in the Vigilante Chronicles, the Barnabas series. And of course, today, the much-anticipated first book in the Deuces Wild series, featuring Ranger 2 herself, Tabitha. That book is titled Beyond the Frontiers. On the audio front, we released two books this week. First was Preservation, book seven in the Ghost Squadron series from Saranofsky and Michael Anderley. That series is narrated by Chris Abernathy, and I can't wait to have Chris on the show. We've got to do that soon. Our second audio release was narrated by the woman you just heard, Emily Beresford, with Killing is My Business, book two in the Protected by the Dam series from Wink Wink, Michael Todd. Well, that's it for this week's show. Emily Beresford will be our co-host next week when we hear the next installment of Bellatrix. Thanks so much for listening.